Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. We're playing, uh, there's a company, The Skin Deep, that has this series of card games called The And. Have you ever seen those? No, I haven't. It's like um, each card has a uh, kind of an intimate question of a sort. And the, the card decks are like, oh, this is for lovers, but this is for friends, and this is for strangers. So it doesn't go quite as hard on on the questions. We did strangers. It was like, what are the qualities you like? And, and somebody said, oh, I like somebody who takes risk. You know, they're not, not afraid to, uh, they're not hobbled by, by the risks. And I thought, well... What kind of risks? Because there's there are ways to take risk and knock it down and take it in pieces versus just jumping in. You know, and that led to a discussion about well, what is risk? Mm. My whole thing is risk equals uncertainty times consequence. Other people have said it different ways. You know, you could take uncertainty and call it probability of something bad, or you know, I, I choose the inverse just because uncertainty is the key word. How much uncertainty is there? I like and I then, like your idea of throwing an equation at it, though, right? Like it's effective. Yeah. I, maybe it's not uncertain. Maybe it's like uncertainty, but it's like uncertainty times upside, right? Because like on one hand, you're balancing the upside with the uncertainty. So if you you know if your uncertainty is 0.5 and maybe it's some logarithmic multiplier or something in there, but the the inherent thing is that if it if the coin flip goes in your favor, you effectively end up doubling your money. Could be, yeah. There's an upside and a downside, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, really, if you're going to dig in, you you consider both, because then there's the then you can take your ROI and say, well, if this is the return on the investment, then you multiply the R and the I times probability. Then that ROI goes way down when you realize, well, the chances of getting a million dollars are only, you know, 0.1. So it's actually, oh, shoot, I should have picked a better one. Um, it's 0.5. So then it's actually 500K. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm still working on my coffee, so math is hard. Um, it, but then, like, if the probability of the downside happening is 0.8, you know, it changes the math. Although oftentimes, you know, I just focus on that downside because, you know, people are thinking about risk. It's also opportunity cost too, right? You know, risk, it seems like, you know, and as far as like kind of relating it to product, right? We have different risks that you're balancing. One is, you know, you look at it, it's like you have executional risk. Can you actually do what you say you're, what you're going to do? Can you, is the ROI risk, will I actually be better off because I did this thing? And then ultimately there's, you know, opportunity risk, right? Could I have done something better? You know, at the same time, I feel like that's why people are always flaky when I lived in San Francisco, wondering if there was going to be a better party that night than the one I was hosting. My gosh, I lived in SF2. <laughs> same thing. It's, moving to San Francisco was where I learned the word flaking. Dude, I flaked. It's <laughs> like, what is that? Oh, where I'm from, that's called standing somebody up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, yeah. you actually make it, it's actually funny you kind of brought this up. And, you know, I was, one of the topics I was thinking of for today was like applying product management to everyday life. And there is this kind of aspect of risk. 
So my wife and I do a lot, uh, starting to do a lot more with Airbnb properties. We look at everything through the lens of financial, financial risk ROI and you know, and it's kind of like a product, right? Our product is the house that we are putting on the market and the experience that we deliver. The risk is the capital that we invest in setting up the the property. And it's also the risk opportunity, right? We take this money and just stuff it in a market account and get six, eight, ten 10% per year, however much, or do we put it into this property where we're hoping to return ideally the same, if not more than that per year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately the risk is just, there is a lot of risk in that, right? Something breaks, something happens, people don't book. It is kind of that inherent value, which is kind of a, a hard piece. Well, the, so the secret sauce of risk and where this equation has been useful for me is by identifying you have uncertainty and consequence, you take them, you take them on separately. Yeah. So how can I figure out about this uncertainty while holding debt, the consequence low. So how can I lower the stakes and tackle the most uncertain part of this thing? You know, if it's if it's Airbnb, before doing all of the investment of setting up the house for it, getting the account approved, getting the the are you in Denver? Uh, we've got them up in the mountains, mountain properties. Okay, yeah. If you were in Denver, you would have to be get your license um, from the city of Denver and that all these things, how, and so that's a a lot of investment, which is a stake. How do I figure out if this is uh, financially viable from a market standpoint before I invest in all of that? You know, maybe it's figuring out what Airbnbs are nearby, see if they're booked, just look at the calendars, try to book it, try to book around you. And if you can, Maybe that's a bad sign. And if you can't, because they're all booked up, maybe that's a good sign or, or something, right? What are the assumptions? How do I test them? So those are the affordable risks. Once you take the, take on affordable risks, you can start to raise the stakes and make safer bets. No, I mean, that's pretty much exactly like what we do every time we're considering a new property. It's what's the price that I'm buying this at what's the expected value that we're going to get out of it how unique is it is kind of like an interesting thing we find uniqueness is you know and how much do we have to invest to get it to that level of uniqueness right it's kind of like the market it's like if you're entering into a crowded market which i can say one of the areas that we're in in the same zone there's probably two three hundred airbnbs Right in this like mm-hmm. small town vibe, right? So the and I, I've looked at the Airbnb calendars, and some of them are open, some of them are totally packed. And the reality was like, okay, yeah, so there's a lot of Airbnbs here, which suggests that people view it as valuable. But then at the same time, it also kind of says if you're not competitive with the market on your pricing, and like you know, we do a lot of that mathematics out ahead of time, which is pretty cool. But you know, it's funny when you talk about risk too. The the end all is like you're making your best assumption on every bit of data that you have. And at some point, like enough data is enough and you got to decide to just put your feet in the pool or not and jump on in. And that's like the thing where it kind of goes, right? Like, you know, with setting up an Airbnb property, like, yeah, once you've kind of de-risked, you know how to get the permits, you know how to do the requirements, et cetera, right? Then at the end of the day, you just got to pull a trigger and buy the property and actually get going. And that's kind of the interesting part with, with risk is that it's definitely out there, but the, it's only risky if you actually end up doing it. 
Because ahead of it, you're just you're just considering the yeah. risk. You're not you're not in yet. You're just considering the risk. You haven't even taken the the chance. And then you jump in, and then you got to really mitigate that risk. That's right, because you raised the stakes. Yeah, you've, an, you've anted up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Playing the yeah playing the the hand at poker table. Right. If they let you look at the cards before you took a look at your ante, then you ain't. Of course, people aren't going to put the money in most of the time. Yeah, I, I was thinking about risk this way before I read up on uh, Andy Duke's books, but they just reinforced this notion of how to think about risk. How, are you familiar with Andy Duke? I'm uh, not. Thinking in Bets. Uh, her first book, Thinking in Bets. Second one is um, How to Decide. Uh, they're both excellent. They stand on their own. You could also read both of them and. There's overlap, but there's also plenty of reason to read both. I think she was like an academic or working in business. She did some fancy pants, brainy stuff before she got into professional poker playing. So she's applied this very analytical mind to the poker playing. She she got good at it. Her brother taught her, uh, and then she, I think, surpassed him. And then she started uh, being a, a coach on how to do it and how to think about risk and one of the one of the key things I got from that is don't confuse the quality of a decision with the quality of its outcome. There's inherent risk. There's uncertainty um, with all of these things. She preaches this to the extent that when she would teach classes on on poker, she'd talk about different hands, like you know, the table's this way. This is how previous hands went. This is what I've got in my hand. So this is how to bet. And then she'd take questions. People would say, well, what about this? And da da da. She'd tell them, this is how to bet. And that'd be the end. People are always like, well, but what happened? She'd say, what does it matter? None of that affects the decision. None of that affects the decision making. It's all probabilistic after that. That's a, It's an interesting point because that also inherently would say that you, you kind of aren't playing with the other variables that are at the table. Well, the, the variables are always there. You're, you're playing yeah. with all of them. They factor into your decision making. But once you've decided uh, by placing point. a bet or folding, the die is cast. And yeah. so win or lose, that, I mean, you can make the same decision and get different results in different situations. So it's not about the results. It's yeah. how do you make the best decision for that situation? Uh, the rest is luck. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. I mean, I completely agree with that. And then it's funny in like, you know, relating it back to product too, right? Every time we do an initiative, Every time we suggest the direction that we're going to go, it kind of is that you're using your best judgment based upon the variables that are viewable at the table, but you have no idea most of the time what you're really getting yourself into. You're making feature requests based upon maybe some data that you've gotten that's pointing you in the right direction. Maybe you've got a higher confidence level. But sometimes, mm-hmm. even during the engineering thing, right? Okay, we forecasted that this would be two weeks. Oops, we dug in and realized that we'd have to refactor the entire platform for how this works. And it's actually going to be a month and a half effort, right? But now you said you're, you're in, you're kind of pot committed at that point. You might as well play it, play the hand out. Maybe. Or, you might, or maybe scrap it and fold. Make sure you're not stuck in tilt and yeah. you're all in when you should be walking away. Oh, yeah. God, I have a tilt t shirt somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone not familiar with poker, Tilt takes its name from a pinball machine. When when you play a pinball machine too hard and it gets tilted, 
it just shuts down, which is kind of like what happens to your reasoning. So when a poker player is normally playing really well, but they, you know, maybe they, they have a string of good luck or bad luck, they start to associate that with their decision making. Uh, it's called resulting or results bias, where you think the results are a reflection of the decision. You assume you're you're hot or whatever, and you start taking more risks and thinking less. Or you're just like all in, you know, the uh, sunk cost fallacy, all these things start to take over. Versus when you're not in tilt, you can be like, man, this, this looks great in every way, except I know this other factor could sink me and I can't afford it. So I'm going to fold. So many it is going to take a month and a half instead of two weeks. And we can't afford that extra two and a half weeks because what we could do in that time is a sure thing. As long as I, you know I, it's a sure thing. Well, and sometimes you do. Uh, it depends. <laughs> My stepmother is in a grant writer um, the whole time I've known her. Part of grant writing is there are so many grants out there and so much time to devote to them. So if you're if you're looking at, well, we can swing for the fences to try to get this million-dollar grant, but there's a 10% chance that we'll get it. Or we can, you know, we can spend uh, an equal amount of time and effort on these three grants that are $30,000 each, and we have a 90% chance of getting them because we've gotten them every time. You should do those little things. 0.9 times 30K times three is a much higher number than 0.1 times a million. Sounds like we need and, to go to Vegas at some point soon. Product coffee yeah. Vegas session. <laughs> it all feels like gambling to me out there, so I, I, stay, I steer clear. I, I, I guess it comes once. down to the affordability. If I felt like I had money to lose, then I'd do it. <laughs> Fair enough point. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, the risk is definitely a key piece. You know, I know as we're coming coming to an end here, what's some homework takeaway that you would give for everybody listening to the podcast today? I would take something that makes you a little nervous that you're contemplating doing and try to decompose that risk. Think about, well, what are the uncertainties I have that might sink me? Are they the assumptions? What are the assumptions I have that might sink me? Know that you can't come up with a complete list because if you could just identify them, they wouldn't be assumptions. But whatever you come up with, whatever you feel most uncertain about, then ask, how could I test the uncertainty in an affordable way before I jump in? Whatever it might be. You know, this is like, this is the kind of the core of Eric Ries's Lean Startup, whatever it might be. Choose something from life so that it, you're not in front of your workmates. Your career doesn't depend on it. Maybe no one is looking. The stakes are low. You can take an affordable <laughs> risk on your affordable risk. Rinse and repeat. I was going to say something very similar. And in my effort to search for another thing, I think there's um, what I would encourage everybody to think about is scalability of a risk and the impact thereof. So if you're a per, you know, kind of to the poker analysis, right? You don't want to be betting all in on every single hand that you have, right? You want to take little bits here or there. So when you're thinking about it in terms of product, right, there's a difference in risk between something that might only take you two weeks to build versus something that might take you six months to build. And I would encourage you to consider that, right? If it's sometimes afford to take a higher risk on a lower level of effort, initiative that you're doing simply because it's not going to impact your timelines all that much but if you're really looking at those big risk large level of effort things those are you know those are the things where you know kind of you need to get into that mitigation or that knowledge area that Taj was talking about with that it looks like we finished up our coffee everybody have a wonderful day this has been product coffee produced and engineered by me Kevin Gentry 
Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover, and who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.